0: Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. And Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain feel free to call in to tonight's show at eight 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 six two seven six zero zero eight and speak with dr. Williams and his guests live on air and now your host dr. Williams
1: Well, good evening and welcome to Breaking the Silence. I'm Greg Williams, and you are live from the most beautiful city in the country, Houston, Texas. And we, our guests tonight are from the awesome other part of the country, and they're going to tell you about their beautiful sights. Maybe a little more scenic than what we have here but we're looking over the medical center the sun's going down behind me we had a little bit of rain today not much but it's only about 118 degrees here (laughs) not really but it feels like it when you're out in the sun with this humidity but just welcome to the program tonight happy 4th of july a couple days early and i think we have an absolutely perfect uh guest tonight on our program special guest uh, I deliberately wanted to kind of put them on this weekend, although I tried to have them on earlier, and we kind of they allowed me to shift their schedules a little bit. But when I thought about the 4th of July, who could we have? And these uh, two brothers are the ones that I immediately thought of, and they're just gonna be talking about their awesome program, everything that they're doing for veterans, and how important uh, our freedom is in our country, and the people that put their lives on the line, the men and the women of this country for us to be able to enjoy uh, what we are enjoying in the United States of America. And I'll tell you what, if you want to get involved in the conversation tonight, nothing would make me happier. And there's two different ways to do that. It's 888-627-6008. You can just type that right there on your phone. T.J. at the BBS radio station will answer it with his great radio voice, and he'll tap you right into me and the guest tonight. You can have a comment, you can have a question, and it will be just live. We don't edit it. We don't check it out before you you come on. We just ask that you just speak from your heart and have a question, and uh, our guests will be glad to be able to share that, uh, their wisdom back with you. Or you can get on Shattered by the Darkness Facebook page that my son Curtis is running right now, and uh, there's some comments on there that he's already placed on there. It looks like we're having some activity on there tonight already. So feel free to jump in there and put your comments there if you don't want your voice uh, heard completely around the world. Whatever it wants. But just get involved. We always think that uh, every week if you just give us about 45 to 55 minutes of your, your evening on a Sunday night, that I, I kind of promise you, I don't think I've let you down too many weeks, that we're going to be able to give you something of quality, not to just entertain you. I was just watching America's funniest videos. And, you know, it makes you chuckle and laugh. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not for sure anything I learned on there uh, within the last hour that I've been wasting time watching it uh, that I'm going to be able to use next week. Uh, but in this program, I don't want to just tell you about stuff. I want to share with you something that makes it applicable. Let's put shoe leather on some of this knowledge and take it to our lives and take it to the streets and take it to our friends and to their, our businesses and offices and just the people that we know we're out to eat uh, to share with a waiter or waitress and just uh, be able to lift each other up. As we go into this uh, holiday on Tuesday, the 4th of July, you know, we have freedom in our country that is just second to none. And uh, I truly believe that uh, what Abe Lincoln said years ago, that America will never be destroyed from the outside, is so true. But then he put an extra line in that quote that I really want you to think about tonight. He said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we ever falter and lose our freedom, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Look around folks. It could be exactly what we're doing uh, in this country right now. When one person falls, we kick them while they're down. When one person rises up, we find words to be able to cut them down and bring them back down to where we we think we're equal with them again. When one person prospers, we damn uh, the money that they make and then ask them to give some of their money to the people that can't go out or don't want to go out and make a good living that don't care to sling sweat like the person that made the money in the begin with. And I think we, when we look at freedom, we need to look at it in such a way that right now, this week, as we go into this holiday, I want you to be able to have the freedom and control to take and allow you to free up some space in your own life. Happiness is simply realizing what we really appreciate. But if we're too busy occupying the space with things that we're worried about, it's not gonna leave much room for happiness. I think so many times um, we don't look at life realistically. We always compare it to somebody else's. Well, they have that, why don't I have that? And since I don't have that, I'm not gonna do this. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it. There's reasons that people have what they have and been allotted in their life. And sometimes that continual promise of you going out and making an effort to do your things in the right manner, with the right mindset, with the right fortitude and the right strength and ability that you've been given by God, then you will be allowed to be able to have those freedoms that we all should be able to enjoy. And those promises are for. Everyone, For me, a few moments of existence, I shouldn't have to waste it on worrying, on stressing, on anxiety. Tell you what, we all have, and some of us less than others, a certain amount of days left. How do you really want to spend those? How do you really want to uh, expire those days out before we give up our last breath? Do you want to do it with comparing ourselves? Do you want to do it with taking down other people? Do you want to do it by criticizing the way certain people do things? Do you want to do it by just not finding any joy at all in the simple sunset, like is being experienced behind me right now? Or do we overlook this and go to the mirror complain the way our hair is thinning? Complaining the way that it's turning white and gray or complaining the way you have scars because I fell this morning. Uh, No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose to say, God, I have this strength in me. My body's getting weaker. But while I'm still here, I'm going to give everything I can to make the best that I can out of what I have left. And in the meantime, while I'm doing that, I want to be able to help one more person. That's what makes my day worth living, helping one more person. What makes yours worth living? What makes yours being able, before you ever get out of bed, when you put those two feet on the ground, as we talk about veterans, they get up out of their bed, and some of them don't have two feet to put on the ground because they gave their feet up and their legs up and their limbs up for us to enjoy the freedoms, and they complain about those freedoms. How dare us? So what do you want to do with your life? The choice is yours. The freedom is yours. And as long as we live in a country like United States of America, to my opinion, the greatest and best country ever in this world. And I believe will always be. So we can go to one of those sayings that those who give up essential liberty to purchase just A little bit of temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And the last little phrase I'm going to do and then bring on our guest is freedom is not worth having if it doesn't include the freedom to make mistakes. We've all made mistakes. i tell you what. I have a bunch of them. Probably I can say, let's open up the lines, TJ, to all those people that know of all Greg Williams' mistakes and they can call in and your boards will probably explode with phone calls. Because there's a lot of people, a lot of exes in my life, a lot of ex friends in my life, a lot of ex business associates in my life that say, hey, the guy's worthless. He made this mistake. He made this mistake. There's all kinds of those. And we all have those. But i tell you what. It's all about making the effort of doing the best you can with what you've been dealt. And that's what is going to make America great is when we decide to take all of this controversy, strife, and disagreement and bring it all back together in a united front so we can become again the United States of America and support, love, and give each other that embrace that we all need, and with that thought in mind, I want to bring on our guests. I consider these two gentlemen my friends, Gabe and Gavin Erickson, and they are the uh, the CEOs, the founders, the the King Poo of of uh, Warriors. Um, and I have this wonderful uh, packet that they came up. Warrior transition outdoors. And I would just want to bring Gabe and Gavin in tonight. So come on in, guys, and welcome to the program. It's good to see you again tonight. There you are. Look at you. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Introduce guys. yourselves to the world and let us know what you're doing and what's happening. And we're just going to talk a little bit and then get really into uh what you guys are involved with and how you are reaching out and helping so many
2: people. Tell us all about yourselves, Gabe and Gavin. It's going to be tough to follow your intro, because that had me amped up. I'm like, I want to go on a 10-mile run right now. I wanna... <laughs> you have me up.
1: Well, amped i tell you up. what, no matter how motivated I get, it never involves a 10-mile run. I just want to say that. Right now. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> I'll funny. take a run to the refrigerator and back, that's about it. Yeah. Go for it, gentlemen. It's all yours.
2: Yeah, so I'm Gavin. Um, I've been in the Army for 18 years, uh, going on 19, um, having approved re- uh, retirement in and uh, so I'm kind of looking at my future that way. Um, but uh, you know, in the beginning of my career, so I'm in recruiting right now, and in the beginning of my career, I was in the infantry, and I uh, did about eight years in the infantry, uh, deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. And while we were in Afghanistan, I had a few of my platoon members leave service. And um, when you're deployed and you and your time comes, um, usually if you're back in the States, you get a year to transition from the service out. But if you're deployed, you don't get that year. It might be a couple of weeks on either side of your depl- redeployment date. Um, and so we watched those individuals really struggle. And to this day, they're the ones that are, are still struggling kind of the most um, because they, they went from getting in gunfights, you know, four to five days a week to standing in Walmart. Like what, what am I doing here? What milk am I, what am I, what am I doing here? You know? Um, and so, we kind of were, had that play-by-play of their transition throughout the duration of our deployment. And uh, and it was so bad towards the end that a handful of us got together and, the, and said, like, well, we need to do something to fix this for veterans in the future. And what what can we do to do that? And this is back in uh, 2010. And uh, what we knew about most at the time and really cared about was the outdoors, right? That, uh, that therapeutic, uh, you know, feeling that the outdoors can have. And so when we got back to the States, we started a nonprofit in Kentucky that was all set to take veterans on outdoor adventures, hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, that type of thing. And shortly after getting our 501C3, um, we all got orders to go different places in the country. And so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't feasible to have that initial nonprofit anymore. Um, but I thank God every day for that because I didn't know then what I know now. And uh, my, my orders took me into recruiting. And I had lost a really good friend of mine in a firefight, um, like right in front of me, um, in Afghanistan. And I didn't start processing that until I got into recruiting about a year into recruiting actually. And I was, I was killing myself, Greg. I was, I was drinking, you talk about mistakes. I was making all of them drinking and driving, drinking, just, I wouldn't go to bed without a case of beer at my feet at the couch. Right. And uh, I had a friend of mine who graduated high school with Gabe and I, actually, she had just finished a clinical psychology program with the Navy. And um, I was talking to her one day and I was just kind of, you know, but you know, those times where you don't really know why you're word vomiting, but you're word vomiting. And she's like, dude, you're killing it. You're killing yourself. You are literally killing yourself. You're lucky you haven't killed anyone already. Um, and that really like hit home um, for me. And in those conversations, she had given me some, some ways to cope, some ways to deal with the traumas that I had experienced. And she kept mentioning that some of her colleagues had moonlit in the community, helping veterans through some of those tough times. And that really stuck to me too, as like what I wanted to do with the outdoor adventure piece. Um, while awesome, um, it, it didn't seem like a long-term solution, like what she was doing, dealing with the mental health of, of the side of things. And so... I just committed to myself back then, um, this is in 2011, 2012, that when I retired, I was going to start a nonprofit that took a holistic approach at the veteran and their family transitioning over a long period of time. And, uh, Gabe, obviously my brother, best friend, he helped me start that initial nonprofit because of some of his experience, which I'll let him share, but, um, uh, he helped me start that initial nonprofit. So him and I have been talking about Warrior Transition Outdoors, different name then. Um, we just landed on Warrior Transition Outdoors like this year. But um, we've been talking about this for over a decade and 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 watching the world play out and watching the whole veteran scene play out. And, uh, and so all that was going on while I was PCSing from place to place and moving and I finally landed in the lottery of assignments and and got Montana, um, which is beautiful. You're right. It's very picturesque. Um, And and being my brother, I'm like, dude, you have to come experience this. We grew up in the outdoors in Minnesota, and this is Minnesota on steroids. Like the deer here are dinosaurs, literally. Right. So I'm like, dude, you have to come experience this. So. When he showed up, he walked in my door. He's like, I I don't know what happened. Crossed the border of Montana and it felt like home. So I'm staying. I'm moving into your spare room. So (laughs) that's what he did. And he's been here since. I'll let him tell his side of things from
3: there. Fantastic. I got a lot of questions. I'm coming back to you on Gavin. Go ahead, (laughs) Gavin. So my background, Greg, is in journalism. I was a news anchor and reporter right out of college. Uh, I've always loved storytelling. It was never about meeting the famous people, you know, the celebrities, the politicians, things like that. I did a lot of sports reporting. I always loved meeting just people doing that, that amazing stuff, the human interest pieces that you would kind of uh, tend to look over, you know, if you didn't notice they were doing it on the streets or whatever it might have been. So, But I got out of the news and I, I transitioned into the nonprofit se- sector as a communications director. Um, I left that to start my own business, which I ran for three years, and then eventually got into professional sales. So when I moved here to Montana, I was kind of thinking like, what am I going to do? I've got all this experience. Um, ended up getting the job as the executive director for a veterans nonprofit here, which had been around for five years. And we both thought like, wow, what a, what an opportunity. We were going to start this nonprofit two years from now. And this seemed like a great chance to kind of get their foot in the door, build up the program and that existed currently and learn a lot for our own starting point in a couple of years. Well, three weeks in, Greg, I had to resign. I had to, because the stuff I was seeing and how they were treating their veterans and what they were doing with their money was so unethical. It literally floored Gavin. We were like glued to the couch, nauseated one day when I looked at their tax return and how they had spent their money 5% of the money they took in went toward their mission. And, you know, it's one thing to have overhead, but it's another thing to have your, the president of the board's grandson on payroll and, and not doing any work and just things like that, that just to me, you know, we, we, talk to God all the time. And so when something doesn't line up with integrity and with the right thing, I just, I had to leave. And that's when we looked at each other and God was like, you have to start this now. You can't wait uh, two years when it's convenient. And it's a hobby nonprofit at that point for Gavin being retired, but we have to start it now. So that's kind of why we, why we're here. Yeah.
1: When you, when you started this process 10, 12 years ago, And you said you just kind of sat back and started watching the world between now and then. And do you recognize the more important role that what you're doing is now compared to even 10 years ago? Do you not see or have been revealed that this mountain is way larger than what you ever thought it was going to be? Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, now you have more knowledge and in-depth uh, in-look at it. For sure. I, I initially thought, I'm going to take veterans on awesome hunting trips. And then I myself went on a couple of fishing trips. And on those fishing trips, there was no follow-up, follow-through. It was awesome that, like, a place would donate uh, an offshore charter. But there that was it, you know. And then I would come home with some of my buddies, and their wives would be upset that they even went on the trip you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's awesome to go on these adventures, but, but while you're on those adventures, life is still going on where you left and you have to return to that same situation you were in. And if your mental health isn't squared away prior to that trip, it's not going to be squared away when you get back and almost, almost an even, um, and I've never done drugs, but I've heard people explain it, but almost as high as you're going on that trip, you're going equally as low when you get back. And so that's what those types of things, um, help mold our current process and, and take that holistic approach at every aspect of what we do at our nonprofit. So, yeah, totally. totally. Now, you,
1: you, said, you said that key word again that I, I, I had in my brain when you said it the first time, because I'm, everybody has a different opinion of what that means. So, from you two guys and your organization, your mission, your value statement, and everything that you believe in, what is, from your point of view, the holistic approach? to help a veteran
2: and their families? What does that include? Yeah, so we have like hustles, right? We have a few side hustles that deal with every pinch point that you would have um, in transition. Um, Our family advocacy team uh, consists of people that are financial counselors. They talk to every single one of our veterans, Um, an employment counselor, a VA counselor, uh, and a, an education counselor that helps people navigate, you know, post-secondary education, helps their children. Um, we have a family right now that has a couple of special needs things going on. And so he's helping, you know, those individuals navigate the move and what school is going to look like going there, pro- or, you know, after the move and those types of things. But those are like major things, employment, finances, um, VA, VA and and uh, and education are like the big things. And those are our like, those are our side hustles as far as our family advocacy goes But um, we assign a, every one of our families gets assigned a lifelong advocate. Um, That advocate, it's their job to fill gaps that those families have, whether that's with resources that we have at our organization or resources that are external in the community. Um, And so that's like our major focus is family advocacy. Also on our family advocacy team to support that lifelong advocate We have intervention specialists that deal with the effects of drugs, alcohol, and sex addictions based on some of the traumas that our veterans and their families have experienced. Um, We have uh, an observation specialist who has a social work background or is a licensed clinical social worker. Um, And then we have a behavior specialist that has multiple master's degrees and is very spun up on human behavior. Um, And so what we do, Greg, is we very early on in the process, we do a family visit and at a minimum the lifelong advocate and the observation specialist with the social work background will go uh, to our families homes and and spend a couple days and it's not this thing where they're filling out 300 questions of you know of their life it's we're really using observation and conversation to determine if the veterans perceived needs meet their actual needs And we're doing it from a family lens, you know, not just the veteran, but the spouse, kids, dog, cat, goldfish, you know, dish situation, grocery situation. And having that social worker in the home is super important because they're able to look at the macro, micro and meso levels of everything that's going on. And then once they leave that in-home visit, they are required within 24 hours to write up a report. That report gets dropped on a HIPAA compliant share drive in which we have right now 46 professionals in the medical and mental health field across the country that have said, we want to donate some of our time and review what to them reads as a case study. So they'll take a look at those things and they have 48 hours to review those. When they're done in that 48 hours, all of their observations and recommendations gets wrapped up into a one page document that gets passed off to an occupational therapy layer. Our occupational therapy layer takes a look at all that data and comes up with strategic, comprehensive plans for our families. And then that gets passed down to the lifelong advocate, who then resources and helps our families enact those plans, but not from a I'm higher than you perspective, from a here, hold my hand, we'll go do this stuff together, and and we'll knock it out type of deal. So we take a very in-depth approach and a hyper a hyper tailored approach to every transition, um, every family. When we
1: look at this from a bird's eye view, is the government, and not wanting to complain or uh, be critical, are they are they not doing a good job of when they discharge the veterans back into society? Uh, to train, educate, uh, give them resources, or even access to resources. Is there really a place that that's something that could really
3: be worked on? Uh, Are they lacking in that area from your point of view? You know, to the government's credit, I've heard from veterans that they say, you know, that TAP process, that year-long process, I got out of it what I put in. So you know but the issue is that there's so many systemic things that isn't the government's fault if this level of uh leader isn't allowing this person to take that year for instance so there's all sorts of uh gray areas to do the people even get the year we've heard stories where veterans didn't even get to touch their TAP process because their superior officer and wanted them there every day until they re- like got out and so i think there's just inherent flaws in that system versus you know, what we're offering is that hyper personal and, and the other thing is relational solution. And that's, we've had veterans searching. We have a guy who has a PhD, he'd been researching nonprofits for two years, even after retirement. And he's like, you guys, I've not found anything anywhere in the country that A provides a tailored transition plan, B, provides a relational tailored transition plan. And then C, I continue to be a part of a family once I go through that transition plan. And so that's just something the government can't do. They're very programmatic in what they do. They have to get people out. They pay a lot of money to get them in and not much money to get them out. And so that's where the the onus has been put on nonprofits to try to take care of that. But then even still, when you look at the nonprofit sector, a lot of it's very programmatic uh, it's very uh office based. Like I'm a desk that you come to and, and we have a transactional here's a resource. Go on, you know, call that number. But I I I truly believe based on all the, the research we've done and the people we've talked to, we're the only nonprofit doing lifelong advocacy for transitioning veterans. Yeah.
1: That is something you probably need to repeat before we go off the air <laughs> the next half hour that you're the only one that is providing that for veterans right now an ongoing
3: in-depth relational uh, exactly we're the only ones in the country we we have a lot of uh, allies it's huge in this journey, we've, we've met other nonprofit organizations that we've become good allies with, and we collaborate with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even they would say that what they do isn't the relational approach we take. And it's more of like a resource library that people can access. And it's not, it's not a hyper focus fiercely advocating, you know, for people on the offense, to try to get ahead of things to make sure that these people are set up for the rest of their life.
1: How do you get the word out? Because by looking at the title of your organization, I would think, oh, just by glancing over, this is a place where they can go and go on a hunting trip
2: and then they're done. Well, that's not really <laughs> close to what you all do. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, uh, Simon Sinek's Golden Circles Principle, we have it right on our, we stole it. Thanks, Simon. But we put it right on our website. Um, and, and the why we exist, the center of what we do, that's that family advocacy piece. Um, the kind of the second layer for us is the community, right? And we have 60-plus staff members across the country all directly are a veteran or directly related to a veteran. So when you come into our family, you're instantly a part of another family, right? And um, I was on another podcast with an amazing woman, J.J. Mahoney, the other day. We were talking about community. And that's the biggest thing that veterans uh, lose when they leave the military is that community, that camaraderie. So that's that's a, a very important part of what we do is providing veterans with an, a solid community of people with like hearts, like minds. They're not meeting people at a bar and trying to build friendships based off that. Um, it, it's people that have the same service heart that they did when they joined, right? Um, and then if you go to our website, you'll see community on there twice, and that's because we have we feel a deep sense of responsibility to help bridge the, the gap that currently exists between the civilian and military worlds. And we're doing that through storytelling. and I'll talk about that in a second. Um, or I'll have Gabe talk about it actually because I'm not the storyteller. Um, but so so that's why you see community on there for us twice. And then once we get veterans and their families settled enough, like you never want to be too comfortable, right? Like if you're not if you're if you're too comfortable, you're not growing and we want people to grow. Um, but we want people to get their feet planted in the civilian world and then we take them on amazing outdoor adventures challenging outdoor adventures you know public land elk hunting with a bow where you're putting 10 to 15 miles on your feet every single day in the pursuit of like the most majestic creature in america that type of thing so I'll tell that's you,
1: gonna, a, i i'm excited i, I want to hear more about this we're gonna take our first break and on the yeah. other side of this i want you to finish that thought and then gabe i want you to do the storytelling the <laughs> importance of that but you know one thing before we go to the break, I wanna be part of your family, your community. And, and that's so neat because I know the hearts of you two individuals and we talk a lot and it never fails. You usually ask me before I ask you, hey, what can I do for you, Greg? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, wow. You don't find that it's in the we world today very much. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. On the other side of this, we're going to tell you how to get in touch with them, their website, everything about it, how you can get involved. If you're a veteran that needs help, how do you reach out? All of that stuff is going to be on the other side of this commercial break, 888-627-6008, or Breaking the Silence Facebook page will get you connected right to us immediately live. We'll be right back.
0: Publishing that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse. For 30 years, if you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of "Shattered by the Darkness" by Dr. Gregory Williams. At all Barnes and Noble stores, Amazon, and Books a Million. Now, back to breaking the silence with Dr. Gregory Williams.
1: Welcome back. Looks like the sun's starting to go. To, is that not beautiful? That's just absolutely gorgeous. I just love it. And I would imagine Montana's sunsets are even more beautiful over there. But I tell you what, I just love it. 888-627-6008. I have two friends of mine, Gabe and Gavin, are here from the Warrior Transition Outdoors organization. If somebody's listening to this tonight, um, let's let's kind of peel the layers away from the end. If they just want to find out more about you, What's the best way to be able to do that?
3: I'd say, you know, our website is <laughs> warrior transition org, um, And you can, you know, my number, my personal number is on our website. So if the website isn't giving you enough information, you can call, text, uh, reach out on Facebook or Instagram as well. Just warrior transition outdoors. And, and we're very responsive. Uh, we, we love yes. hearing people and we are nationwide. So, um, or international, if you consider um, just the veteran's population that we have is anywhere. We'd serve them from anywhere in the in the world. So um, anyone in the in the, the world can reach out through those those avenues. Okay. So if
1: you are a veteran and you're going, hey, wait, I I I need help. I was Gavin a few years ago, like he was a few years ago. I'm going to bed with a case of, of beer. Uh I I need I need some help. How does a veteran reach out to you? and say, hey, can I be part of
3: this? Can you guys have anything to offer me? Yeah, in the same ways, you know, just, just shooting us a message. We we receive, like veterans join our family in all sorts of ways. They either hear about us directly. We've had just friends or family who are watching out for them. will say, you need to get involved in this program. So if if there's, and we we tell people, like, if you're self-identifying as in the transition, we've had people sign up where they've been out for 10, 11 years, and they still feel like they're floating, now, Greg, you talked about purpose and doing what you can with what you have, and like, I can't imagine. I'm civilian, right? Like I can't imagine feeling like I'm floating, even for five minutes. Is, it feels weird, much less ten years. So um, we we get people joining our family from all sorts of angles and reasons, and and we're just here. We we're really exclusive, uh, inclusive. Excuse me. We don't have any barrier to that. If you're here to live your life and love people and grow your your family and grow your uh, your heart and everything, then we want you to be a part of what we have going on. So you it's not about need. It isn't about, oh, I'm, I'm a needy veteran. It's about any veteran wanting to be a part of something. Okay. Yeah. What and about, if you yes. have that, Go ahead. Sorry, Greg. I was going to no, say, no, if, you're, no. if
2: you're having that crisis moment, we have a number on our website that you can call. One of our family advocates will pick right up. You know, usually the one that will is Tara and she's amazing. And She's very resource-based, resource-driven, and and she'll stay on the phone with you for hours. So she's an amazing person. That's great. So if somebody
1: wants to help in that area, medical, professional, dentist, chiropractor, uh, nutritionist, I can just go through all the different professions, uh, is there any way that they can get involved? Say, so, hey, wait, this sounds like something that I'd like to donate my expertise to to help people in my
2: surrounding area or do they have to go to Montana to offer that help? How's that work? No, I mean, uh, that's a great question. Uh, Gabe mentioned it earlier. We're a national nonprofit. We have quite a few veterans down in Texas, the San Angelo, Houston area. So there's some right, right, probably right down on the street there, you know, (laughs) go, going to the Seven Eleven. But yeah, we're, we're everywhere. And if you, the thing is is when you get out, the VA is really tough to use sometimes, right? And so finding providers that will take, you know, different types of insurance or if you're looking to donate services, especially on like the mental health side of things, we would love to talk to you to add to our resource list for veterans across the country. Um, and and also like just serving on our on our board, right? On our advisory board and and reviewing some of those cases as well. That's um, great. You know, I'm looking
1: right now at the veterans hospital. It's right. There. It's across the street from where I'm at here yeah. in Houston, and uh, it's a huge hospital, but uh, there's good and bad that happen over there. A lot of people get overlooked. Uh, they don't get the, the best that they need sometimes. Uh, like all hospitals, they have their pros and their cons, but um, there's other instances that they can get other help from other people. Yeah. I was no just saying- insurance is huge in that area.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would just say reach out to us um, and and see if we can't work something out, right? That's usually what we do. Um, we're big on LinkedIn, too. So if anybody's on LinkedIn and wants to have a chat, we're all about it. Um, so, yeah, those, those different types of ways, for sure. Okay.
1: Now, how about let's take the other peel off. What happens if I'm not a veteran? I'm not a professional uh, in the medical field or social worker field. I really don't have any offer of my intelligence in that area, but I would like to help Money-wise, financially, how can they do that uh, to make this program even more sustainable, more free uh, to the veterans, and uh, maybe even enlarge it to even more services? What can a person do
2: to get involved in the investment side and financial side of what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have a place on our site to go, but that's not how we prefer to do business with anybody. Um, we're very relational and we want to talk to people, um, especially people that want to be a part of our family. If, if someone was like, I want to give you guys $10 to us, that means you support us. You know, that like the, the value isn't in the dollar amount, it's in the person. And so we want to get to know you. We want to know where you're coming from. We want to hear your story and make it so that it's not this transactional thing. We want to make it relational. And we've been calling ourselves an anti-nonprofit nonprofit since the beginning, because, we don't we we don't like that devaluing of people through just that transactional dollar. Here's my dollars, you know. I'll probably never talk to you or never see you or whatever. Like we we don't operate that way. I have endless energy for this, and so does Gabe, and so does our team. And and we want to know everybody that that wants to be a part of it, whether it's volunteerism or financially. So you we know how
1: refreshing, genuine, and
2: authentic
1: and unique that
2: is. How special that is that you guys do it that way. We just, we don't want to be an organization that people, I would rather have people not know our name and be able to serve veterans in a way that veterans got taken care of at a five-star level with unconditional love. I would rather that than have everybody know our name and nobody know about the veteran side of things. So we want to do things in a way that lifts up our veterans and our, our veterans and their families, the spouses, the children, and we want to use our organization to do that. We don't want to use veterans and their families to lift our organization
1: wow the relational approach is going to change the world guys you've got it you got it right on target Gabe let's talk about these personal stories because I have a feeling that is huge uh when you when you send out these this information that you've sent uh me to give out uh I've read those stories and they are unbelievable whoever wrote that is is talented they, tell they wrote me that themselves
3: do I? they wrote that themselves those yeah. those are from their their mouths well tell me about
1: some of these stories what what's the importance of them how they're applicable and what do they mean let's keep really to the heart of you guys what does those stories mean to you tell
3: me about that personal story side storytelling i mean that dates back to day one of humanity right like that's how the human race grew and evolved and what they, how we learn things from our mistakes. Um, but there's so many reasons like storytelling from a nonprofit side of things, people assume it's good for marketing. That is probably true. Um, the first reason I, as a storyteller, ever tell a story is because I want to bless the person I'm telling the story on. Right. I want them to see through my lens themselves in a way that they've never, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I looked like that. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know my story was that beautiful. Because a lot of times when you're in it, you don't see it the way someone else might. And so that's always my first goal is to make sure they feel honored and seen in a way that maybe they hadn't before. Uh, From there, you know, as a civilian, I feel like my role in this became clear very early on as a storyteller because I learned a lot growing in my own empathy for him as my brother. I took that relationship for granted as kids. You know, we were just brothers. It just was a thing. I didn't really think you had to invest in it. And and he would tell you we drifted apart. And the more I actually took the time to, like, lean in and learn about him, it came through hearing the stories that he had gone through. And, you know, I think a lot of the time I meet civilians, they're scared. They're scared to be part of anything. And that's why we have the Civilian Connection Specialist is the title for our family advocate, uh, because they are a civilian. And we're trying to show, like, Here's two sides of this bridge, a veteran and a civilian side. And we want you to bridge that gap. But you can't do that if civilians don't step up and play an active role. So I think that's what storytelling, you know, it's part of our mission. It's not just something fun to do to hopefully boost the marketing numbers. It is necessary to do because if Gavin, being as high functioning as he is, walks into a coffee shop in a city that sees him a certain way, they might say, Oh, what a hero. Thank you for your service. But also along with that, oftentimes is, oh, I wonder if he has PTSD. I wonder if he goes to bed with a case of beer at his feet, all of those things. And that stigma creates an environment where how he can only thrive so much if the surrounding environment is that accepting of him. And so stories to us like bridge that gap of understanding where you can see like that veteran is just a human. Changing the narrative. It's changing the narrative, cha- removing stigmas And allowing people to see veterans as humans first and then allowing veterans to see themselves as humans, because that's what they lose is their identity when they've been a government issued property for X amount of years. So we want them to see themselves as humans. And that comes through storytelling as well. Now, from that, to your point, a lot of those stories came when I just simply asked a couple of veterans, like, hey, what's your your experience been? And we have just been floored like almost to tears with the stuff that, you know, we only started serving veterans January one of this year. And already veterans have been able to buy houses that they couldn't afford because they, we restructured their finances through our financial counselor, or we took them on a, a fishing trip and they were able to share about their service. I was on the fishing trip, taking photos and the guy just started talking about his service. And he just clearly must've needed to do that. I mean, this what the impact this organization is having on people is way beyond us. And it largely is attributed to our our family advocacy team, our outdoor division teams. Like, the people involved have made this so special. We have 60-plus staff members across the country that are just incredible people as well as highly qualified to do what they do. So, um, you find
1: that the walls are lowered when they're on a boat casting uh, and then just sitting back and reeling and you start talking? And then before you know it, they have just revealed something that needed to be let go, uh, what, what kind of experience do you have a, a not not a p- specific story, but an instance where you go, wow, that's why we have this organization right there.
2: So many. yeah. I know. <laughs> the wa- water does something to you, you know, floating yeah. on it, sitting on it, you know, watching it, whatever, but campfire therapy is a real thing as well. And, Gabe and I went on a, a elk hunting trip last year with some veterans, and just sitting around and sharing stories, you're just like, you feel home, right? Like as a veteran, even though I didn't serve with those veterans, one of them was even in a different branch um, than I than I am, and it it didn't matter. Like you just feel, you just feel home, right? And and but Gabe was there, right? And some other civilians were there, so it's like, it's super important to have that because then they can hear some of the things that we've been through and they can hear it talk. They can hear us talk about it in a way that's very factual, right? And it just is the way that it is for us because we went through it. And then they can understand us better, which is what happened with us. So those things are super necessary. Um, again, not the center of what we do, but because we want people to leave that seven day elk hunt <clears throat> and go back to the family advocacy division and just keep operating how they've been operating. Keep, keep knocking out those things that our occupational therapist is like, hey, you should do X, Y, Z within the next couple of years. Let's work on X right now, you know, and keep doing that stuff um, to, to be as successful as they as we could be when we transition.
3: I'd say the most powerful stories for me, Greg, have come yeah. before they've even gotten outdoors. Yeah. That fishing trip was very powerful, you know, and, and we got out there. And before he even started sharing, like, his service stories, he just started saying, like, man, I'm a dad. I work, I come home, I sleep. Like it's just been the rat race. And just to be out here in the Montana wilderness in peace and quiet was a lot. And so that was impactful. But that his wife, that specific veteran's wife has not been on any outdoor adventures yet. And and she's actually in the booklet that you have there, but she mentions that they felt so isolated and alone. And now she says like, I don't feel alone now. And to me, like that's almost like choking me up now because that's way more heart- impacting than specifically outdoors anything Uh, you can get that outdoors as well but it that is before they even get outdoors that family advocacy piece has been life-changing to people but don't you think
1: from my point of view by listening to you guys and knowing your hearts that if it was just about a a three or four day or a week-long wilderness trip that starts and that ends if it becomes about a relationship and a family and a union and a communication between the two, that starts today and never ends. Yeah. Completely different world. 100%. Yeah. So from your perspective, as you go into uh, the 4th of July, what is your, uh, Gavin, understanding that you think someone like me that hasn't put on a uniform, although I have two sons that have and one that still is that I need to be mindful of about what freedom in this country was really all about and what it really costs. What's just the inside your brain uh, thought process about freedom in the 4th of July and what this all means.
2: I like the, what you were saying in the beginning about joy, right? Um, I was just talking to my girlfriend the other night about joy and finding joy in whatever situation that you're in. Um, because more money doesn't equal less problems and, um, everything, if you view it that way, that the right way could be a gift. And so, you know, as someone who like, yeah, I did deploy whatever, but again, I'm, I'm just a human. And I would say just like find joy where you are. Right. Like that's, that's what the freedom is like in other countries. And I've been to other countries where you can't find joy where you are, because some of the joy that, that that you would like to find will get you killed. Right. Like reading a book as a woman at a certain point in time in Iraq would have gotten you stoned to death. And I watched that on a videotape, right. In the town square. Right. So like as Americans, we are able to celebrate those freedoms, but it doesn't mean anything. If you're not, if you're just constantly chasing joy from place to place, like find joy where you are. Right. That's, that's kind of the bottom line from my perspective, Greg.
1: When our Men and women sign up to go into that world that maybe they don't even are really aware of what world they're going into and they sign up. They are forever changed, are they not, when they come out? And in your opinion, in the last minute or so that we have of the program, what do you think is the greatest impact that is made on those individuals uh, that they sacrifice uh, for us as they serve our country and defend it?
2: Honestly, um, and, and I've had several conversations about this um, actually quite recently, um, the fact that our fan, our loved ones don't have to do it, right? Like we, I joined because I didn't want my brother to have to, I didn't want my family to have to, I didn't want, I didn't want people that I love put in harm's way. So I'm like, I want to do that. I want to fight the enemy, you know, um, and and that, it seems like such a, It seems like such a small thing, but really like many veterans feel that way. That's why they joined us because they didn't want to have they didn't want their wife to have to do that. They wanted, we wanted you guys to be able to, you know, be leaders at your hospital and travel around the country, you know, helping other people in the ways and skill sets that you have, right? Like having those freedoms to do that. And then also just being able to go out on a kayak on the fourth of July, you know, like there are places in this world you can't do stuff like that. So that that's kind of why. I mean, to us, that's what it means. That's the biggest impact that's been on me that, that my loved ones didn't have to.
1: There you go.
2: Last thought as we wrap
1: up the show. Um, from either one of you or both of you, just the last thought you want to make sure we hear about what you're doing, what you want to do, and maybe something that's happening that you're saying, hey, we're this darn close of getting that accomplished. Anything?
3: Yeah, I mean, we have, we have big visions. We want a family advocacy team in every single state you know, at, at a minimum one team, if not more, um, we're building a lodge on the west end of our our city here that's going to be the model for future uh, facilities just like it across the country, and that lodge is going to be a, the place for holistic Everything. And, and so holistic, just meaning nothing's off the table until it's off the table, right? Mm, uh, we're, not just, we're not just being conditioned a certain way. We're choosing actively how we want to approach treatments or we're not diagnosing people when they walk in. So it's going to be holistic mental health. It's going to be physical fitness. It's going to be an event space where the community, not just veterans, we don't we're not. We're tired of seeing people shoving veterans into the corner and saying, let's care for you there. We're trying to incorporate the community and veterans. And so it's going to be, you know, free for veterans and their families. Uh, the community will have access as well. It's going to be outdoor, like a park with places to just enjoy nature. And so that's that's one of our biggest dreams right now. And um, we're hoping within the next couple of years to have that complete, which would be awesome. Doing all that in a way that bypasses big pharma and big insurance,
2: right? So that people can get treated where they need to be treated, when they need to be treated, and not have to wait on somebody that has no idea what their situation is to sign a piece of paper saying, yeah, we'll cover that, right? So that's kind of, well, you know, that that treatment for us is is very important, and that's part of our lodge, so.
1: Well, tell you what, Gabe Gavin, I can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. And I want to be... uh Sure, to give it out one more time, the best way to get a hold of you is through warriortransitionoutdoors.org. Correct. That's the website. And right there on the website, uh, Gabe is as crazy as I am. He puts his personal telephone number out to the world so he can get those calls. Okay. I do the same thing, and I get them all the time, and he does too. And he does answer the phone because I'm a, I am know that for a fact. Uh, when you call, he'll be there to answer. Thanks, guys, for being here. And before we go, I just want to let you know I appreciate what you're doing. I love your mission. I love your hearts. And I love you guys. I really, really do from the bottom of my heart for what you're doing and just for who you guys are. We love you, Greg. Thanks for
2: having us on the show, man. Thank, Thank you, you really so much. Good.
1: Any, anytime, you're welcome here. <laughs> and I got to get to Montana. Yo, you do. <laughs> you're coming. Yeah, you got to come. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Like we do each and every week. I always like doing this, and I, I do it every time. Uh, I just can't help but do it. But no matter what's going on, no matter if you're the one that has a, a case of beer at the foot of your bed tonight or you're you're drinking shots of tequila or, or whatever, just to be able to make it through the day, I want to let you know the time is now to have the freedom of the choice of saying, I want I need, I deserve a better life than this. And in that, there's hope. And there's always hope. Choose freedom and choose hope. I want to tell you what, we live in an awesome country. Tuesday, do not forget, before you get out of bed, thank your lucky stars, as Lee Greenwood says, that I am proud to be an American because we are, in the most awesome country in the world. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And join us right here for another edition of Breaking the Silence next week, live from Houston, Texas. God bless. Have an awesome 4th of July. Good night.
0: Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station 1, for the next episode of Breaking the Silence.